What was that? That was just my sister. I like sister. <laughs> I feel good when I see sister. Bring back sister, Danny. No. You guys are supposed to play with me. I want sister! Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In the studio with me today, Mike Volby. I'm here. And frequent writer and now co-host, Paul O. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we like to bring new voices onto the show, and Paul uh, graciously volunteered to join us this time, so we're very fortunate to have him here today. Is and that your awesome vehicle out front? Uh, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, that's my car. Yeah. You have a golf cart. That, not yeah. that one. Not oh. the RV. Oh. What car then? <laughs> well, I saw the RV and I'm like, this dude has an RV with a golf cart. How awesome is this guy? I no, can't wait to meet him. That would have been amazing. Where's your, your car is parked next to his? It, he parked on the other street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. see it then. I was like, yeah. this is so awesome. <laughs> no, I can't my. wait to ask him about the golf cart. Why are you towing one? <laughs> like, Damn hey, it. Guys. You should have just went with it. <laughs> Listen, my name is actually Heisenberg. Um, <laughs> My obnoxious neighbor likes to take, he usually has it parked between our yards, Mm -hmm. our driveways, and sometimes he'll take it and he'll just move it in front of my place. Because, you know, why would anyone need to park in front of here? You have no friends. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What the hell? Clearly he knows my life. why does he have a golf cart? I don't know. I wonder where he's going with a golf cart. No idea. Are they old? Uh, No. Nobody has a walker or a wheelchair or anything? No, I kind of want a golf cart. Like two in front of (laughs) the tool around in one. Just (laughs) because. Um, so last night I did a comedy show in yeah. Boston, the uh, geek comedy night that was The Faculty. Back up and running. Which was an education and horror theme show. And I tell you what, man, I, I fucking <laughs> hate open mic shows compared to these. There was not a huge crowd for this. There was maybe like 15-ish people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And some of them were comics. But overall, the atmosphere of these shows is just so much better than any other show I've ever been on really? before. Yeah, And they get your references and... And I didn't even have like that many pop culture references. I was just talking about school and stuff. So you mean the themed nights? So they're, you they're go all in themed knowing nights. that there's a theme makes it a better experience versus going in and you just don't know what people are going to talk about. That and it's just more fun. Like oh. an open mic, it's so much pressure, and you're being watched by like all other comics who are just mm-hmm. breaking apart your set in their brains and then preparing for their own. But in this, you can kind of relax and lean back. And I don't know. It's just so much more fun. Open mics have had no benefit to me whatsoever. I don't feel I've gotten any better from doing open mic mm-hmm. comedy whatsoever. Right. But then those those atmospheres where everything is very cordial and everybody knows what your references are. I mean, those are good for your ego. Right. They're good right. for building your material. Because, I mean, I mean, you and you know, we're all fans of the Nerdist, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we listen to them talk about comedy like all the time. Yep. And they talk about doing comedy at Meltdown versus doing comedy at like the store, comedy store, you know, one of the other right. big LA institutions. So it's like you you get kind of that ego boost from doing it in that atmosphere, but then like you build your material from going to like these other hostile environments and like dealing with these people that don't get what you're talking about. Right. So I mean, yeah, like a, a, like the the atmosphere of those is great. I mean, I've been to a couple. Yeah. Um, and they just, 
if everybody feel it feels warm in there yeah you know yeah I mean? it does absolutely like, it's not a atmosphere where you're like everything's confrontational mm-hmm. but then you go to like a bigger like laugh boston or something yeah and like if you go to like a pro night or something you know where you, they bring people in it's like there's that level of expectation everybody's mm-hmm. kind of like eyes forward and it's like mm. show me what you got right right so it's like i mean yeah it's good and bad yeah yeah I mean, I understand the point of the open mics. Like, if things work there, they really work, and you know they work. But I've just never felt like I've gotten any better by doing them. And I know you're supposed to be able to work, like, any crowd, any time, whatever. I don't care if you put me in a crowd that's in front of a crowd that's not going to get my references. Just give me a real crowd. Like, don't give me other comics. I'm not getting Well, that was like when we wrestled and we would tape stuff. So yes. I, I can understand that. We would wrestle. Uh-huh. And sometimes shows that we would tape would right. be in front of, this is great. Like, I get to talk to another person. That's just you. <laughs> that's, so, that's why we bring him in. That's why we bring him so in. So we would wrestle in front of the other wrestlers who right. would be surrounding the ring or on a side. Yeah. And they would be, cla- like, they knew when to clap and when uh-huh. to cheer. And it felt so fake and forced. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that it's the same thing versus being in front of a Except crowd. Except that- you can't force laughter. Right. So it's just even yeah. more awkward. Right. It's yeah. like putting a laugh track in. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. It's very weird. That must be a good feeling. Yeah. It is when you get on front of a real crowd. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. So enough about my uh, self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some geek outs. Yay. Volpe. I went to WWE last night. You well, did? Yeah, I did. Heather wow. got me tickets. That's what you did instead of my show. That's right. Very good. <laughs> very good seats, too. We had fun. Oh, yeah? There were two shows going on simultaneously. House show or TV? House show. Okay. In Providence, there was another one in New Jersey. But I had a really good time. Main event was John Cena and Seth Rollins in a street fight. Oh. What I realized, you know, it's funny because being in it, you can watch a match. You know the formula. Right. Like, the top guys are not trying nearly as hard as the guys at the bottom. Right. Like, the opening match was the Wyatts versus the Usos. Mm Mm-hmm. Easily best match of the night. Mm-hmm. It was right to the formula of how a match should be. Yeah. And the crowd was going nuts. Yeah. The main event is a street fight. Yeah. It was like watching a an indie match. There was no story to it. It was just a couple little spots. Mm. Oddly enough, the big guys were selling. They were like, they get hit and they would sell down and be closed up. Right. Like, I was like, you guys, like, who am I? But you guys are doing <laughs> it. The, why the guys, the first three matches, one of which was a girls match. Mm-hmm. We're better than the last three matches on the card. I was like, this is really weird. Well, you got to think, too, the guys that are up there and main eventing and stuff, especially like Cena. Think about the price tag that's attached to Cena, how much he's worked to the company. True. He can't be getting injured in a house show when they have a pay-per-view to sell. He like, put Rollins through two tables. Really? Yeah, in sure. a house show. Two, t- <laughs> two different tables he went through. Cena must have got hit with a chair six times. Wow. Like, the stomach shots were terrible, but mm-hmm. the shots to his back were pretty solid. And he got hit in the face with a briefcase pretty hard, too. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that. Oops. Did you know they can't do chair shots to the, the head, head anymore? anymore? They get fined. I did not know the that. The last two to do it were Taker and Triple H, I think, in like uh, one of their okay. WrestleMania matches, and they both got fined for it. Yeah. I've been listening to um, Talk is Jericho yeah. a lot, Chris Jericho's podcast. Right. And he's been talking about a lot of that stuff he's, and how the changes have been so because of Foley coming through. Yeah. Getting yeah. hit so many times that he was forgetting stuff. Well, I'm sure yeah. Benoit didn't help that mm. case either, you know? Right. It was a good show. Um, they had some ex- NXT guys on it. Okay. And uh, what's her face was there for the women's match? AJ took on. Um, oh, Becky? No, our girl. The one our we girl. like the white skin, really oh, light Paige. skin. Paige. Yeah. The one that's almost like see through. Our girl. Yeah. Our girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said when you said the, the I thought no, you were I, no, not talking Becky because we actually that was know a her. really good match though. Yeah. Uh, 
And then they had the NXT guys there. And even the setup was good. Like they had the entrance, basically the NXT, if you've seen it, the NXT entrance way was what they used for the house show. It was a good fun night. It was almost sold out. Hmm. So, but it made me go like, I'm wondering if we had Cena, who was wrestling in New Jersey? Like who was the draw? Because that's WWE's big problem. And it has been there splitting it. Is that who, who's the big draw on the other show? Mm -hmm. Jericho, maybe an Orton. Well, Cena has to do the shows around here because he's the local boy. Yeah. But Jericho's out right now. Is he? Yeah, he's, I just he's don't done know his what the run card was at the time. I'd, weird to think, like, who would they have put over? Every kid in there. The biggest pops of the night were obviously Cena, mm-hmm. uh, the Wyatts, and the Usos. Yeah. Like, those were the boob. I didn't realize the Usos see. were so over. Oh, my God. They were the first ones to come out. That music mm-hmm. hit, and it was like like a thousand girls all screamed at the top of their lungs really? that was the sound and wow. i was like holy shit that's crazy because i remember when they first came in and they were so kind of like vanilla they're interactive with the crowd yeah. from the minute they walk through the curtain to the minute the match ends they're they didn't really fly all over the ring but they're they they were fast paced mm-hmm. kids loved it hmm. very i don't know they're and they're over and they have the bright colors and they have merchandise yeah, kids yeah. are going nuts i mean the merchandise there were either bow leave shirts which are awesome God. or it's cena merchandise or it's mm-hmm. the usos okay. wow so. now for the layman such as myself who mm-hmm. not uh, participated in wrestling i know you mentioned the house show yeah oh, what's the difference sure. between a house show non-televised and- okay yeah. so yeah. it's a live event so they don't have the big extravagant set that they would in right. a major arena it's a little more stripped down no it's, pyros yeah. no they, videotron it's just uh, they have a videotron oh they did okay oddly enough this is the first house show or but live smaller, event I've right? been to, right, where they, they had a camera on uh-huh. the floor, but there was no, it wasn't going anywhere. I think it was recording for them, okay. right? but it wasn't on a screen. Just so you had cam. to stare at the ring the whole time. You couldn't look at a screen to see what was going on. So essentially, if you were in like the nosebleed seats and you were SOL, like you could kind of right. anything. And they didn't wow. really have nosebleeds in a lot of those places, right? Where was this no, no, show? Dunkin' Donuts Center oh, okay. Providence. Okay. So it's, it's it doesn't hole. matter where you sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a good seat. Now, does the level of effort that the that the wrestlers put in is that like proportionate to their their earnings potential? Because I mean, I, I've heard of the Uso brothers, mm-hmm. but I don't know them. I, right, I know right. who John Cena is. Right. I mean, my my impression is that these people who are hustling are trying really hard, and so that's why their quality is much higher. But yep. maybe, maybe. But then you have people like Cena who maybe need to save themselves for a bigger event maybe right it's definitely possible but there's been other live events i've been to where cena's been in a cage match so you go why are you risking this guy in a house show right put him mm-hmm. in a tag match with another right guy who's from the area you know make it like an event mm-hmm. out of that versus risking this mm-hmm. guy if something goes wrong the finish to the match was he put rollins on his shoulder on the middle turnbuckle mm-hmm. and did the the uh, attitude yeah, adjustment yeah. through a table wow Oh, I mean, if that went wrong, Cena's right. fallen into a table, you know, it just seems odd. I think the the level of effort isn't quite there. You mm-hmm. could see that the guys who are bigger, who they use for the pay-per-views and on uh-huh. TV, definitely. Well, they can, they can take their time, too, at a house show. Like, yeah. a lot of wrestlers will actually say they enjoy wrestling at a house show yeah. more than something televised right. because they can really take the time to work the yeah. crowd was... and slow it down and... 7.30 to 10.30 with a 15-minute intermission. And let me tell you, at 7.30 on the dot, 
that show started wow. at 10 30 on the dot mm-hmm. that show ended yep nobody missed a beat like it was on point from start to finish well That's you know how rigid people were when yeah. we were doing well not the shows we did but when we were training yeah. people were very rigid about hitting your time mm-hmm. like on the mark you didn't want to go over it or it was it affects punishment. everybody else on the show. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, yeah. even for sporting events, you know, like you go to a baseball game or something. I mean, you're <laughs> never getting out of there on no. time. You don't know whether you're going to be there three hours yeah. or six hours. Yeah. yeah. You can actually be like an hour late to a Red Sox game mm-hmm. and not miss the first pitch. <laughs> like, or like go <laughs> to a Patriots game great. and like, you know, like you'll be there. Like the time investment is ridiculous. Yeah, like, it is. You have to think about how when you're going to get there, how long it's going to take for you to get out of there and like. For, How far away do you have to park? Right. How long is it going to take to walk to the right, stadium? Right. Right. Like, and the parking lots in a lot of these major stadiums are yeah. like, you know, yeah. You you can do your daily cardio from your car yeah. to the gate. Yeah. So it's like, but I mean, it's impressive, you know, to have it start and stop on the on the clock like that. I mean, I mean, I wish everything could be like that. Oh yeah, they're professionals. That's Hardcore. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. So that was a fun event. Cool. Uh, give a nod to you. For the video you put together for me, I think people should uh, see it. Pat Rob, on the back. So I'm sure you could probably you'll put a link in the show notes to the sure, YouTube video. I but if up. you just go to the Westerly Fitness Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash/WesterlyFitness, mm-hmm. it's the first thing on there. Rob shot the video, right, edited right. the video, put special effects in, and had it all done in a very timely manner and wow. uploaded very quickly. And it has gotten me about eight thousand views on Facebook. That's crazy. we went. Uh, it's the first day it was 35 views on YouTube and oh. we're up to over 400 views now, which is, I'm like happy with this little gym. Right. We got 400 views on YouTube. Well, the other thing too is we can also put the video up directly, mm-hmm. upload it to Facebook because yeah. when you post a YouTube video, you suffer more. Facebook is so devious about how they do mm-hmm. things. Like if you embed a YouTube clip, yes, yeah. a lot of people will see it. But if you upload it as a Facebook video, more people will is see it. Is that what you did? No, I uploaded it oh. as a YouTube. I embedded that, but I can upload it as a <clears> Facebook video too. So. The other thing I did for the first time was I paid to. I noticed that. So I said, I'm going to spend 40 bucks and see what happens. Oh, you promoted something? Promoted it okay. to the five towns around Westerly oh, okay. and a 10 mile radius from them. Wow. Okay. Um, and we've had multiple phone calls. There were messages. People like the U- the Yelp views, like people went to uh-huh. the Yelp page, those were way up. So, mm. like, it's, if anything else, like, that's the thing to promote is somebody else's success because I targeted only women uh-huh. who live in that area. Oh, wow. So, it, the paid advertisement brought it up so that, you know, I think it was like over 5,000 women in the area at least saw it in their news feed. Mm-hmm. So they saw the name Westerly Fitness. Right. That's all that matters. They right. saw it. So right. when they think of a gym, they're going to think of that. Oh, that was that video we saw. Sure. Right. But, I would imagine that would be your best bet. I don't want to like put people in a box or whatever, but I mean, you know, for the most part, when you talk to guys, they have a general idea of, you know, yeah. what they want in a gym. So mm-hmm. they're going to target certain gyms. Like they'll go to, you know, a place that's quote unquote a hardcore gym. Right, right. With like all they have is like 45 plates and like <laughs> there's like 50 squat racks and right. like, you know, there's nothing that even looks like a machine. And, but then like for the most part, when you talk to women, especially like in the, like I would say high thirties to mm-hmm. like low fifties range, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know that they want to get fit, but they don't know like where to go or what they want to do. Exactly. I mean, you know, so like if you, target those people i mean and that was the age group that saw the video the most it brought broke it down it was mostly women between 35 and 55 Mm -hmm. the majority of them watched that video Mm -hmm. which is perfect because michelle was michelle's in her 50s i don't know i think michelle is roughly you know 50 so perfect yeah that was a great video too i mean yeah i I was watching it and i was like 
I want to go to Wesley Fitness. I'm not a woman of that age group, but I think I'm the other go thing to too Fitness. is Rob knows me well enough that I was like, so I just want like clips of her working out and clips of her talking. <laughs> put her voice over it, right. and he like what you put together was exactly what was in my head. I was like, he nailed it. All I said was three things. Get out no. of my head, Rob. <laughs> so well, it's funny. I actually have like my notepad right next to Paul over there that has all my notes where I watched the videos and took down time codes of oh. all the quotes I wanted to put in. Yeah. And you build your story that way before you go in and edit yeah. and everything. But yeah, I think that came out pretty well. I am available for hire too. If people- he, that's why I'm promoting <laughs> you is that. You can see that video and see what he can do. Until my professional site is up, if you want to uh, get at me at rob at thegeekgeneration.com. I mean, I have a lot of attorney friends who are like, you know, in the beginning stages or in the middle stages of starting their business. Oh, yeah. You know, and like if you've ever seen a commercial for a law office. I can do better. They are are (laughs) fucking terrible. Yeah, they are. Let me tell you that. Like, it's just like people like, you know, with their arms folded, like, yeah, let me get your results. It's like, come on. Have you been injured in a a car accident? We'll get money for you. It's like, have you been, we'll take your case seriously. It's like, well, okay, that's what you're supposed to be doing, (laughs) but thanks. We'll put them in front of like a a fireplace with a nice roaring fire and we'll have an armchair slowly swivel around. (laughs) They'll be in a like Hugh Hefner coat. And I'm telling you, like (laughs) the problem with the legal profession and with like social media and promoting themselves that way Mm -hmm. is that A lot of people, they tend to want to portray themselves as a very serious, very like, Mm -hmm. not, I don't want to say dense in the negative way, but you know, a very densely serious person. Straightforward. Right. I want you to understand that this is the type of person that I am. This is how I'm going to treat your case. Yep. But that doesn't attract people to your firm. Like, I mean, the, like, if you want to draw people in, you need bait. You have to be different. Right. Is the key these days. If you stand out, like, if you, even if it's something that's along the same lines as what a typical attorney would do, like if you promote yourself in a way that attracts people, mm-hmm. then everybody's got something that they want done. Sure. I mean, you know, from everything from like small businesses wanting to incorporate themselves or like, you know, just like dumb stuff like the, the, the trees from my or the roots from my neighbor's tree are, you know, growing onto my land. Right. Do do? Right. And, you know, that's like small little stuff like that. I mean, you know, you can build a book of business that way. And granted you know if you make a stupid youtube video and like you know like for example there was that uh there was a video on the nerdist youtube channel Mm -hmm. with uh thomas lennon after godzilla came out yeah yeah you know like the thomas lennon godzilla lawyer yeah yeah you know if you make a video like that nobody's gonna hire you right but if you make something along those lines that gets people's attention there's a middle ground right yeah so i mean you know i'll i mean if you know do you have a business card I do. I'll give you some when you leave. Yeah, yeah. give me some, and then I'll, I'll I'll distribute them and say, look, this is a good promotional tool. And I think a lot of attorneys out there are trying to they're you know trying to set themselves apart. Sure. So you know, we'll see. Cool. Yeah. Like that. Get some work. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a YouTube video. It's called The Ridge, and uh, Danny Danny Macaskill. Okay. The Ridge. He takes a BMX bike and literally just rides to the top of like mm. the tallest cliff I have ever seen. And then rides back down. And it just the video is shot. Have you seen it? I think it was on the front page of YouTube. Oh, yeah. It still is. Yeah. It still is. Like, it's so well shot. And I'm like, this dude, one small slip and he's done. Hmm. Nobody's saving him. And the way he can ride the bike and maneuver it, like the little stunts he does to like hop over ledges on the bike and yeah. stuff. And he's got the helmet on. He's got a GoPro camera yeah. attached to I, it. I and then there's, a, was, yeah. there's a camera crew. I don't know. Probably in a heli- they would have to be a helicopter yeah. filming him. But it's a right. really cool video to watch just to see what this kid did and 
think to yourself, do I have the balls to be this high up to do something like this? I hate those answers. No. <laughs> oh, it's scary. When he gets to yeah. the top and then it shows you how high he is, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like along those same lines, they had pictures of people on the Internet taking like selfies with like a selfie stick from like, oh, God. you know, like like the top floor of some really high building in Indonesia or something. Right. And it was just like. I get this personally. I get this feeling like when I'm uh, like I'm not I'm sort of afraid of heights, mm-hmm. and so when I'm up high or like you know there's just, just a vast space below me, my testicles go back up <laughs> into my body, and like everything just kind of scrunches into this tiny little package, and I'm like, yeah. Ugh. like you know just start turtling, fe- right? <laughs> and so like like I get this like I saw the video on the front page of YouTube, and I was like, ah, I shouldn't watch that. And then I got bored, and I was like, maybe I should watch that. <laughs> And so, like, I started watching, and I was like, "Oh, I'm getting the feeling, like, you know, just, like that, that feeling of like, oh, like, like I'm on my couch relaxing, and my balls just went yeah, up, I'm like, yeah, oh. like, you know, just, oh. like I know he's not gonna die because then it would have twice as many views at this point. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not dead; he can't be dead, right? I mean, I'm not watching somebody die, right? Am I? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, oh. but oh. I'll put that video in the show notes. Yeah, too, so it's cool. Check it have out. you haven't seen it? I haven't. No, oh, it's cool. It's seven minutes long. Yeah, which is five minutes longer than the average video, but. Yeah. We can sit through it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what I got. All right, Paul. Okay. Um, let's see. Sorry. I wrote everything down. Good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Some people didn't used to do that here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that but, guy. Uh, so last week was the premiere of SNL. SNL 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was with Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, that was Pretty good. I think SNL is making steps at bringing the show back to where it was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of boring and, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like it, it just didn't hold my attention for the full hour and a half or sure. however long it was sure. on before. Uh, but with Chris Pratt, I mean, he's he's a gifted actor. He's he also is. good at comedy. I mean, he has that training through like Parks and Rec and everything. Yep. And so like he's great on the show. And uh, like the one, the, they did a a, a marvel cut up trailer i saw that you know, yeah uh, right it's like marvel can do anything three shopping carts yeah mailman bus driver guy from a butt like you know it's just like the most ridiculous stuff pam and pam to the winter pam <laughs> like it was great like the one i thought was even funnier was the uh he-man and lion uh, yeah, sketch yeah, yeah, that was yeah. unbelievable yeah he's like this feels good what is this <laughs> there's a sketch where uh a kid he has no friends on his birthday and he has uh he-man and a lion from Thundercats action yeah. figure and his mom tells him to make a wish and blow out the candle so he does and they turn into full <laughs> that's n- normal people but you would expect them to know everything about their universe and be adults but they're like infants oh. because they're, they're new- they were just born yeah. yeah so they're like it feels good when I do this and they're like almost <laughs> masturbating <laughs> they're like sister I like sister I like sister bring back sister yeah, great. <laughs> she makes me feel good down here that's great yeah. so like Pratt was great on that and also on that the season premiere they debuted some of the new cast Mm -hmm. and uh two of the new cast members were michael shea and pete davidson shea's doing the uh weekly update right right? he's he's doing weekend update with uh colin jost which to be perfectly honest like why is that guy still on weekend update like they should have kept cecily strong on there she was good yeah she was like kind of like you could see a little bit of tina fey in her Mm -hmm. a little bit so and like she could deliver in a way that you know like you you knew she was going to be funny. You just didn't know how. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, but I mean, I guess they promoted her to a regular cast member. So okay. now Colin Jost is still a feature, but he's the lead anchor on Weekend Update. 
And um, so, yeah, Michael Shea is the co-anchor. Mm-hmm. He's a stand-up. Yeah. Um, I saw him when he did his half hour in Boston okay. at the Royale. And, like, he's kind of got that – uh it's like that matter of fact type of comedy. There's a Norm Macdonaldness about him. Yeah. It's like an observational. Yeah. It's like this observational sort of like, I mean, he has to, I think he has to work on his prompter. Cause like he, the, some Agreed. of the reading was kind of off, but I mean, for the most part, it was great. Like yeah, uh, good I start. liked him. And then my, this is, this is the reason why I brought up this episode yeah. was the debut of Pete Davidson. He's this like, young, Oh yeah. 20, he's like that. one of the youngest kids to ever uh, become an SNL castmate. He's still a feature, but um, he's like 22 or something. Yeah, he's right? real young. Like mm-hmm. he just moved out of his mom's house or yeah. something like that. And that's part of his bit. And um, he, like I've seen his stand up before. Like he was on comedy underground, which is a Dave Attell's uh, comedy central mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. that was on earlier this summer. And um, he is like, he's got that kind of like deadpan sort of delivery. Yeah. And then he has like that sort of immature sensibility about him because he's so young. And the bit he did on on Weekend Update was fucking hilarious. It's getting a lot of traffic. Yeah, a lot it of is talks. Too. So good. Like yeah. it's just like that whole game. Like he's like, you ever play that game where you're like, I, I would like, how much would you go? How like how much money would it take for you to go down on a guy? Right. <laughs> and, like, and then like he talks about like the reality of it and he calls himself a businessman and all that <laughs> stuff. And it like it was so great. Like you saw that and you're like, oh my god, that's like that's it actually what... reminded me of a Pete Holmes bit. Like right. the the premise of it. I yeah, think yeah, Pete yeah. Holmes says something along the lines of. Uh, or some, I don't remember who originally said it, but Holmes has a take on it as well, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I would do it for a million dollars because then how much does mouthwash cost? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like million dollars. That's a steal. Yeah. I would do it for three grand. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, and he's like talking about you do it like twice a year. You do it once during the summer. So you have a badass summer. <laughs> you do it once during Christmas. So your family all has presents. But yeah, like the Pete Davidson, like, and Michael Shea, I think like are great additions to the cast. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Yep. I did watch last night's episode earlier oh, okay. today because I DVR'd it, but, and Pete Davidson wasn't on it. Who is hosting? Uh, Sarah Silverman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So it was pretty good. I mean, she had some, uh, they had a good skit that was not with her. She wasn't in it, mm-hmm. but Pete Davidson was not in the episode at all. Oh, wow. He was only in the ending credits. So I was kind of curious as to why. I mean, I get it. He's relatively inexperienced and he's a stand up as mm-hmm. opposed to like an improv guy. So he's, his background isn't as good, but he could have even been in sketches that just didn't make it to the final area right, too. Right. I mean, from what I understand, that writer's room is stupid competitive. Right, I mean, right. You've heard anything about it. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what the rest of the season holds because, uh, you know, there's a lot of good talent on there now. Um, and I think they just have to cultivate it. It's not going to be like this season is going to be the one that blows right, everybody right. away. Like it's going to be in the coming years, of course. But, it's another growing year. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I think there's a lot of promise there. And, cool. um, you know, just give it some time. Um, another one is Star Wars Rebels. Um, oh yeah i just premiered this past friday mm-hmm. on disney dxd i don't know one of the disney channels yeah um, <laughs> i know one of the disney channels at yeah, this point yeah. like there's like three I think. it's crazy and so um it's the if anybody's not familiar it's the story that happens at it's a story that happens after episode three and before a new hope mm-hmm. so it's like in that gray yeah. area that's never been explored before mm-hmm. and it's from the same people that made uh the clone wars so yep. the animation style similar um, and this first episode was an hour long, so it was kind of like a movie, oh, wow. so to speak. And it was great. I mean, I really liked it. You know, the unveiling of the lightsaber was like, yeah, because <laughs> like the the main character who the or one of the main characters who's a who's a Jedi after the fall of uh, 
the Republic. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So like he's it's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, he's he's hiding himself because uh-huh. of the directive that Obi Wan sends out at the end of Episode Three, uh, and so he's hiding himself and he's acting as like and the, the title of the episode is Spark of Rebellion. So it's obviously about you know starting the rebellion against sure. the Empire, and um, like his character was pretty muted throughout the entire episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was mainly focused on a different character who I won't say too much about because it kind of spoils the episode. Okay. But there's a part in the episode where he's like, I'm about to tell everybody the secret. And then like, you're like, what's the secret? And then he like pulls stuff off. He pulls stuff off his belt and he like screws the lightsaber together. And you're like, Oh my God, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lightsaber comes out. He's like, Oh, it happened. <laughs> and like, you know, like, Jedi. Yeah. like, you're like, Oh yeah. But like, I'm personally, I'm a Sith guy. Yeah. I am. Uh, I like the Sith. I like the empire. I like what they stand yeah, for. Yeah. You guys can go destroy the universe together. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, fuck the universe. But, um, you know, like, like, but even, you know, just for people of our generation, you know, we, there was a huge drought of Star Wars and then we got mm-hmm. those three movies that were, uh, you know, it was like, uh, I asked for water, but I got a cup of mud kind right, of thing, right. you know? It's and only so, partially water. Right. So like, uh, and so like you get these like animated shorts, like, you know, the Clone Wars that really kind of like, they revitalize the story and they, you know, they, they give the storytellers an opportunity to bring in other characters and to see different parts of the universe. And Star Wars Rebels is definitely a different part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Obi-Wan is sort of in it. I yeah. think he might be in it later too, but other characters might make their debut, but this is kind of like the beginning of the rebellion that's kind of on the fringes of the story, not necessarily like the core story. Okay. I could be wrong. I mean, well, that's good though. Cause that's what we want to see. That's the whole yeah. like excitement about the universe expanding again, since they decided to make the old expanded universe non canonical. Right. This is like the new kind of story of what really happened. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of, I mean, it's, it was a great episode. I, I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, they did renew that for season two already, right, too, which right. is crazy. I mean, it's Disney, right? So they can yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we own this. We own the channels. Yeah, like, we're just we're going to run with it. We have all the money. So <laughs> screw the rest of you. We're going to do what we want. Um, and it's great because I can watch it with my son. Like, uh, oh, okay. he doesn't get it. I mean, yeah. he's 18 months old. <laughs> so he just sees like pictures on a screen. He's like, ah, and even he know? popped at the lightsaber. He was like, ah. yeah. no, he was like, he was pretty far. Like he was well into his nap by the time the lightsaber yeah. came out. But then like I started shaking and he was like, ah. but like, um, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to see what happens. And, uh, you know, hopefully it goes well. Um, so yeah. Are you Sorry. excited for the next batch of movies or do you feel it's um, more mud in a cup? I am hopeful. I'm like, I'm like a lot of people, you know, I'm <laughs> right. like cautiously hopeful that this next batch of movies is going to be great because like you got all these directors, like you have Gareth Edwards, I think mm-hmm. is doing one and mm-hmm. you know, J. Ryan J. Johnson doing another Ryan Johnson, the guy who did Looper. Mm-hmm. Like you have a lot of these people that are coming in who are fans of it, but mm-hmm. not necessarily like they kind of, they, do sci-fi movies but they don't do star wars movies you know like they're not like these giant space operas so like yeah like none of them do star trek or oh wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) none of them do like all the sci-fi oh wait the one guy yeah but you know it's like you get all these different people and they have all this diverse background Mm -hmm. and you're like really interested to see where the story goes so i mean I'm I'm excited. Um, I just hope that you know it doesn't get so convoluted that you get confused. As who to, wrote uh, the new right. stories? Um, I don't, I'm not. Even I'm not sure. entirely sure. Yeah, no. I just know they 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 pump up the directors because mm-hmm. they want people to know because 
they these directors all have bodies of work that are fairly recent mm-hmm. and so they say look guy who made godzilla now making new star wars movie yay which means we're finally godzilla. gonna see the sarlacc pit rise out of the desert <laughs> right. and it's gonna it's be the whole creature and it's like a godzilla type take on <laughs> <It'd be> funny <laughs> if it was godzilla <laughs> it's like oh wait did they did they edit it wrong? I don't know, but yeah. So I mean, I'm excited to see it, um, and I'm I'm definitely cautiously optimistic mm. for the new movies. It's just it's going to turn out uh, one of two ways. Yeah, you can go in cautiously optimistic and have it turn out like Ninja Turtles did for Rob, Ooh. or you can go in cautiously optimistic and have it turn out like Godzilla did. Yeah, where you were just like, yeah, you nailed yeah. it. Hell yeah! Like I mean, for me, you know, a lot of people complain about Godzilla. You know, and they they say like God, he's only in like the last thirteen minutes of the, or like he's only in thirteen minutes of a two hour movie. They or fucking something like earned that. it, right? Yeah, they did. But to me, I mean, I don't want to get too inappropriate because I know we have some young listeners. But to me, Godzilla <laughs> is kind of like the longest best lap dance you've ever had, right? <laughs> right. So like you know, th- there's a lot of teasing, yeah, and you know, there's a glimpse of something here, a glimpse of something <laughs> Did there. Did I see a nipple? Oh, yeah. where this guy goes with this. <laughs> and we're like, gonna have him on the show more. He gets this now. And like you know, you you know, like there's a brush here, like <laughs> exactly, you, get a, you know, and then you finally see the money shot, Thank and you're you. like. <laughs> like, like, like you're like whoa that's amazing and it's in the form of blue lightning yeah. from his mouth yeah <laughs> that was incredible so like you know it's just like i think you have to approach it a certain way so it's like it's not it was know, a slow burn right you know, i mean they were it, it built to a, this huge moment right like you have to take it as it is as a whole not necessarily as oh man godzilla for only 13 minutes right you know so I mean, I'm like, you know, going back to the Star Wars thing, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. And uh, the last one is, uh, I know I'm taking up a lot of time. No, but, go right ahead. Um, the last one is actually a couple of anime that I just finished watching. Okay. Um, See, we're very out of the anime universe, right. so you can educate us. And I'm going to try to bring it in. You okay. Because you, you've shown me that you have the interest in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I is, love Dragon Ball Z. Which is like, you know, the mother sauce of anime. You yeah. Know, it's like, that's where you get your base understanding of it and then sure. you build up from there, right? I mean, personally, I've been in, like, I've been invested in anime for a long time because that was like my connection to my culture, you know? Okay. So like, uh, so two, two series that I'm watching and I fucking know that there's people on the internet that are going to be like, Oh my God. Why are you like, why aren't you like this one or that one? I mean, come on guys. I have a fucking 18 month old son. <laughs> I watch these videos in between diaper changes. Give me a break. So the first one is Aldenoa Zero, which is kind of like a giant mech anime okay. so it's like but it kind of turns the trope on its head it's like you know usually the good guys have the mm. giant badass robots what if the bad guys had the giant badass robots and you just had a broken down hoopty robot oh i so like it, where i like this it kind of it, good idea it emphasizes the logic and intelligence behind you know what it takes to defeat your enemy and mm-hmm. i think that for a lot of nerds and geeks that kind of appeals to you because you know from the beginning you've never really been the big badass right. guy but i mean it's like for, the mech underdog like all right. of a sudden you're pulling out the, the rusty old millennium falcon against all right. these galactic super ships and, exactly and yeah. so it's like that kind of like that underdog sensibility and i think it appeals to a lot of people and i cool. think that's definitely something that so i mean i think it's available on crunchyroll or you can go to the torrents or whatever i don't want to tell people to do something illegal but you know just find it and but if watch you do it. and you need somebody to cover you <laughs> and for, uh, you know I will neither affirm nor deny. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's one of them. And the second one is called Tokyo Ghoul. Okay. Uh, This one's pretty popular. A lot of people are talking about it. It's essentially about zombies, but I don't want to get you too excited, Volpe, because I know you like zombies. (laughs) Mm. But 
ghouls in the in this world uh tokyo the city of tokyo is divided into these districts and these okay. districts are inhabited by ghouls and humans ghouls are kind of like these zombie-like creatures um they're just super powerful like they have they, they can only eat human meat and drink coffee for some reason <laughs> i don't know why the coffee thing like it's the one thing that doesn't taste disgusting because dunkin donuts sponsored the show probably <laughs> do you know what coffee grounds are made of <laughs> dried <laughs> human <laughs> excrement oh that makes sense so like why it's so bitter and so like the the show revolves around these ghouls and like uh these ghouls have a a weapon. It's called a it's called a kagune. It's like a thing that comes out of their back, and it's a part of them. And it kind of shows you what type of ghoul they are. There's like different classes of ghouls. Organic yeah, weapon. It's huh. an organic weapon, but it does. I mean, it doesn't look gross like flesh or whatever. Okay. It's like they're all very brightly colored. It's a, it's to get the kids' attention. Oh, know? okay. But like it's it, you know different. Uh, kagunes have different capabilities and then you meet and then so the series revolves around a kid who gets into an accident and i don't want to say too much because i don't want to spoil it but a kid gets into an accident and is trans and is transformed into a ghoul so he becomes a ghoul unwillingly hmm. and the story is kind of about his his process of accepting that part of him mm -hmm. because it's a it's a huge power that he has and you find out later that you know it's something that a lot of people want does he become Blade the Daywalker and fight against all the other ghouls? Kind of. Oh. Like, I mean, it's kind of, sort of. And he has a special power, and I don't want to say too much. Right, right. These are both series where, you know, like, if you have a general understanding of anime, you can watch it. And I don't know if they have um, dubs out for it yet, meaning, like, if they have English dubs ready. Mm -hmm. But they definitely have subs. So if you can read fast. Go what's for it. read me? What's what's read? <laughs> so okay, so there are these things. Do they have an audio book for this? <laughs> there are these things called books. What are books? What's this book thing? Yeah. So I mean, it's. I mean, they're both good series. I would definitely recommend both of them. Um, if you know whether you're uh, able to, you know, whether you're a huge fan of anime or just kind of starting out, I think they're pretty good entry points. Recent cool. entry point. So that's it. Alrighty. My first one is also anime related Yay! in a way. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Have you seen stuff on this at all? Yeah. yeah. This is like, for one, I don't know how they keep coming out with Dragon Ball games mm -hmm. because it's the same story over and over. We've seen it. We've played right. through it. Xenoverse is taking a new take on it where they're actually starting to uh, mess with the story mm -hmm. because they're saying that history is being corrupted by time travel and things mm -hmm. like that. So they're taking the Dragon Ball story that we all know and have seen thousands and thousands of times at this point, and they're deconstructing it and saying that the whole history is in jeopardy because of time traveling. And the thing I'm really excited about with this game, because I love when games give you this ability, is you create your own character based on like the looks and the appearance and the right. outfits of other Z fighters and stuff. And your job is to go in through the story and save the cool. Dragon Ball storyline mm -hmm. in a way, which is cool. But as you play through, there is an open world aspect to it where you can find one of the Z fighters and you train with them mm -hmm. to learn their special moves and stuff. So then you can use those with your character and everything, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. So I'm like, I can get trunk shit and I can get Goku's <laughs> Kamehameha and then, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I like uh, the game. When I saw the trailer, it yeah. was like, Okay, yeah, a yeah, new another Ball. one. Yeah, it's like okay, a new Dragon Ball game, but then there's like fighting, then there's customization, then there's this whole massive multiplayer online yeah. aspect to it, and you're like, oh, like yeah. you know, like like <laughs> whoa, like you telling me that I can make somebody with Trunks's hair, yeah, like Vegeta's outfit, like you can just 
it's like those little Mr. Potato Head, but yeah. Dragon Ball. Yeah. Oh, it's not even the gameplay. I'm just excited to be yeah. an anime fashion designer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shakes, well, it's man, it's what you bought like the last 10 wrestling games for was the customization. <laughs> I know. I don't even care about the games themselves anymore. I just want to make characters. <laughs> I mean, I have the option of putting hair on their arm or not putting hair on their arm. Exactly. I'll buy it. <laughs> it's like, wait, so when can I buy the DLC where Trunks gets a blue shirt? Yeah, right. <laughs> he would look so fab in that. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Uh, so that game looks really fun. And then uh, today, I know these trailers have been out for a while. I think there's actually a second one out now. Have you seen trailers for the Keanu Reeves movie, John Wick? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. It's, no, he has another movie coming out. The only yes. thing I'm going to deal with is Bill and Ted. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. This movie is so great looking. Is I, it so great because it's so bad? Or well, no, no. I I think what they're doing is movie studios have seen kind of how much Taken exploded, uh-huh. and they're all kind of they tried doing it with Jack Reacher. Yeah. Tom Wait, Cruise. is this going to be Taken with him? Not exactly. Like, I think they're just taking. I know who you are. <laughs> I think they're just taking guys that aren't necessarily like young action stars. Like Keanu Reeves yeah. just turned fifty recently. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, fifty. Yeah, and he still looks great. Yeah, but they're taking like they did it with Tom Cruise. They've done it with Liam Neeson, obviously, but they're giving him now his own John Wick thing. And here's the the premise: is that it's an action thriller, and it looks the action looks great mm-hmm. in the trailer. Yeah, he's an ex hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that took everything from him. Now in the trailer, <laughs> so basically it's someone who needs to go rebel against yeah. Yeah. all the mobsters again. Like I don't even give a shit about that part. In the trailer, the catalyst for everything happening is that some guy wants to like buy his car. He says it's not for sale, and these two masked guys show up in his apartment. And they beat the shit out of him, and they mm-hmm. kill his puppy. Well, I would murder a lot of people if somebody did that to my I, dog. That's why yeah. I knew you'd be on board yeah. for that. I'm in okay? now. What so are we they, doing? They kill his puppy, who not only was this cute, adorable little dog, but also the last gift from his dying wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, that whole. And he's just like so, he, so. So the dog dies, and he's just like, "That's the last fucking straw." And, and they just yeah. goes ape shit against yeah. everybody. I want to see it so bad. Oh man, so I don't want to see the dog die because I will literally be crying I in the know. theater. I can't. I don't know if I can see it, people like, torn apart. I yeah. can watch babies die. Uh-huh. But if you kill a puppy or a kitten, yeah. I'm done. It's yeah. like a cute that little it. it's a cute little beagle too. So it's kind yeah. of like, Oh, that's what I have. Yeah. And then oh, like and like you can hear the glass shatter. Like it went, <laughs> and like I think the great thing about this movie is that they finally realized what Keanu Reeves was good at. Yes. And they kind of just built a movie around that mm-hmm. because you can't expect him to be like oh, wait, what's he good at? He's good at kicking Whoa. and punching and oh, okay. woeing and shooting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's good at being an action star, not like a dramatic actor. Don't expect him to read a line. <laughs> right. Just have him pull triggers and beat yeah. the shit out of people. Right. Like they created the proper motivation. Yeah. Now we just get to watch him kick ass. Is this the rebirth of Keanu Reeves? Maybe. I mean, this Will is. We look like, back in like 20 years and be like, at age 50, his whole career changed and he became the biggest action star of all time. Well, I mean, he was Neo already. So. He was. And yeah. that first movie was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of going back to. Because like, there was only one Matrix. Right. Like, it's kind of like going back to Point Break and mm. like, you know, Speed, where he was this action star. Speed that, was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I think he did good in those action roles. And I think John Wick is going to be one of those roles where, like, I mean, after he kills his puppy, he don't got to say shit. Yeah, no. He, he just needs to dig his guns out of the ground, whatever he was doing in the trailer. Yeah. And just go shoot a bunch he of people. He had him like buried in his house and he took a sledgehammer to smash into the floor to yeah. get all his weapons. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so he's even getting his weapons with rage and aggression. Right. <laughs> like everything about this movie is just I'm F gonna you, have to everybody. Watch, I'm going to have to watch it. It looks trailer. great. And yeah. it comes out October 24th. 
of this year? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Soon, yeah. I'm shocked that I hadn't heard about it until just recently. I think they only they played it at Fantastic Fest okay. in Austin. So, like, I think that was kind of like the debut of it. Uh, the trailer didn't come out very much earlier than that. No, it's within the last month or something. Right. I, I think I saw it. On, I saw it on Facebook or on the Nerdist. I'm yeah. not sure. This just going to be a very low promoted movie like do they expect know. it to fail so they're not putting money into it or? i think it's just a low budget movie to begin with oh and they're just using like social media and like like more viral advertising than just going and putting commercials on Who TV put, who's promoting uh, uh producing the movie or uh, what, what, what company is it's not like warner brothers or something right it's something it's, it's a Legendary decent company though yeah, it's, it's nothing it's oh, not okay. like an indie movie mm, no. but you know i mean it's got a lot of good people in it too i mean willem dafoe is mm-hmm. in it i think oh yeah and uh adrian plicky's in it adrian plicky and then the guy from game of thrones is the guy one of the guys at jack's car mm-hmm. i forgot the guy's name bridget moynihan's in it yeah bridget moynihan and so like they got like, a bunch of good people i only know it. the women that are in it. <laughs> yeah. and like he has like those great lines too he's like you know some you know people were asking me if i'm back you know i'm thinking yeah. i'm back yeah. now yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like yeah yeah, Keanu. It's everything you want in an action yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, it's got like need. the cool gun play. And yeah. stuff. you know what? And the only sad part of this is that when this movie works, there's no Expendables four. He won't be in it with <laughs> Sylvester and Arnold. Oh, I don't even care about. Oh those. no, no, because Expendables will be around by the time Keanu is is ready for an Expendables. Movie. <laughs> so there will be like Expendables twenty eight, where Keanu is like. I thought they were done. I thought star. three was the last one. Oh, is it? Yeah, we can hope. I hope so. Did you so. see it? No. Oh, me either. I saw it. No. <laughs> no. Was it that bad? No, it was just action porn. I mean, yeah. you know, just people punching and kicking and breaking things. Sometimes that's all you want. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like... Uh, Every action movie that every one of those guys has been in. Yeah. It's like taking their their you know big scenes from their movies and putting it all together into one big, just convoluted... They spent so much money on the sound effects for that movie. Yeah. That just punching and kicking and like breaking celery so that sounds like breaking bones oh, just like that's great uh, like just God. all the celery yeah uh my next one is from a tv show that was recently canceled or not i guess recently canceled it was one of the new fall tv shows but it didn't make it <laughs> it's october <laughs> or, or not even fall it might have been i love it it's a fall tv show <laughs> we're uh two weeks into fall i could be wrong it, it might have started airing earlier it might have been a spring it might have been a, a mid-season like jump in mm-hmm. point but it's canceled already that's the downside a uh, show called mind games i don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else watched it or not mm-hmm. but um it was that show that had christian slater and steve's on and it oh, was about yeah, kind of that. manipulating yeah. things through like body language and psychology and they're basically an agency you could go to yeah. there was something you wanted to get done like the pilot episode is about a mom and her son come in the son needs like a organ transplant and he's low on the list and they need they need insurance to say yes to this procedure. So they employ all these like psychological methods to help the person who's making that decision for the insurance company say yes instead of saying no. It's intriguing. It's it's so it's a great premise. And the other thing, I would have totally watched it sooner had I known that the writer and the creator of the show was Kyle Killen. The same guy who created Awake. Oh. And the uh, same guy who created that Josh Duhamel movie uh you liked, Scenic Root. Yeah. He wrote that too. Yeah, scenic Root was good. And Kyle Killen has a horrible track record when it comes to TV, uh-huh. like Lone yeah. Star and Awake. And they're all things that get canceled very quickly. But I fucking love this guy's writing. He's so smart. He, I mean, creates he just hasn't that hit are so, that one thing yet. Though. I guess. But I mean, I, I really liked Mind Games. They only aired five episodes. I found a sixth. So they must be out there. 
Uh, and I just haven't been able to get access to all of them yet, but there are like hmm. eight or 10 episodes that they did shoot, but they only did air five of them. And I want to see the rest of them. I think the series had a lot of potential. There was a lot of, there was a little bit too much confusion in the beginning. Hmm. Like they had all these weird other things going on, like Steve Zahn's character is bipolar, mm-hmm. which was a big part of the series. And he got a little bit over dramatic at times. They had Christian Slater's character's ex-wife come in to work at the agency because she's the only one that could keep his brother calm. And so they had like all these other convoluted things. And there were a few more on top of that that maybe was just a little too much for oh. people. They also don't give shows a lot of time anymore. No, they yeah. don't. It's hit or miss. They're like, and nope. All right, yeah. moving on. Yeah. But it was a really good show. It sounds a lot like a show that was on a few years ago on Fox Lie to Me. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It sounded yeah. like that same type of show. And like, I mean, I can appreciate those kinds of shows, but one, like one thing that kind of bugs me about those kind of shows where you take like hyper intelligent people and you put them in a problem solving situation yep. is like they always have to have some kind of like social or mental handicap. Yeah. Like, there's something about the person that there's no way somebody can be brilliant and fully composed mm. like they have to have like autism of some well kind i think it's normally like, because like even if you watch like elementary or scorpion has been pretty good so far yeah, i've been, been watching, watching scorpion, that yeah um a lot of it is just that they're so intelligent that they just don't understand right normal people because they're on a different wavelength yeah. entirely mm. which makes a little more sense than giving them some sort of a huge handicap like right. autism or bipolar or anything like that like it makes sense that sherlock holmes would act differently because he just sees every intricacy of every single person right and that just makes you behave differently because you have different input but i really liked it i wish it had gone on um unfortunately it didn't but hopefully i'm excited for the next thing that kyle killen Mm. does which i don't know what it is yet but i'll be looking for it did he start as a writer and not as a showrunner uh i believe so yeah yeah so maybe yeah. he should just write. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. he's good. He's like if he crafts these great stories, maybe he should just be a writer. Like, well, the stuff he creates, I love so much. Like yeah. Awake was amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, show, I really yeah. like this too. Uh, this was also a big week for me in other podcasts. I had a few mentions or places I showed up in other areas. For one, I mentioned many times that I was obsessed with the Indoor Kids Twitter game, mm-hmm. and I'd been trying to get on that forever. And that actually is what kind of spawned our smash up game. That same idea. I was like, right. if I can't get on there, I'm going to make my own. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally did uh, get a mention on this one. Their category was to describe the gameplay of a video game that's based on a TV show. Mm. So if you were to take a TV show and adapt it into a video game, what would that game be and how would it play? And uh, Emily read out my submission, one of my three submissions for this <laughs> one. I thought it was the weakest of my three, but it's the one that she chose. So this is it. Um, at the Night Angel, and we'll end on this one, Seinfeld, a truly open-world sandbox game where you literally do anything, but you only win when you choose to do nothing. Oh, okay. I would play that game. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely actually would. That was good. Very Thanks. nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I mean, there, there, there's a little stumble in the read. It's a game where you could do anything, mm-hmm. but choose to do nothing. Right. And that's how you win. Well, I mean, their Twitter game is fucking gigantic. It and is. If you look up their hashtags, it's like, they. I mean, they obviously reach a huge audience. Yeah. So it's like... You, you like i think with a show like that you have to take like a shotgun approach yeah just anything that comes into your brain it's just like ah just take yeah. it mm-hmm. you know just hope it sticks you know like and like a lot of the people that i know one of the guys from the nerdist channel actually writes in like a lot like uh, oh yeah 
I don't know. I forget the guy's name uh, or his Twitter handle, but I, I recognize the Twitter handle. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy works for Nerdist. They yeah. must be friends or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, for those, like you just like, you have to take that shotgun approach because their audience is so huge yeah. that like you're, it's guaranteed that like 50% of your submissions are going to be like the same as somebody else. Or not even seen. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, like, I mean, my impression is that they kind of just do it while they're there. Like they go through the hashtags. Oh yeah. And they don't just like pick one and like, you know, pick them beforehand. So it's yep. like, you can, I mean, you have to really stick out, but you know, their Twitter also, account is the only one like you can get mobile notifications from when certain yeah, people tweet yeah. when their account tweets. I get a I get a text yeah, so yeah. I can go writing right away. <laughs> <laughs> Love me. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with the game. Uh, I, I even just to, to illustrate how much of that shotgun approach I did take, I created a page on the Geek Generation where it has uh, links to and it has it written to every single Twitter submission that I've submitted to the Indoor Kids Twitter game. You can see those all on one page. And then the only one that got included in the, is there as well, That's too. Funny. But if you want to look back on some of the categories they've done with my answers, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, but it wasn't just the indoor kids that I got mentioned on. And um, this other show is one that I didn't just get mentioned on. I was actually on on because Greg Fitzsimmons did his first call in mm-hmm. show. Oh. And I was fortunate enough to or lucky enough to see the post within like 20 minutes of him putting it up. He was like, for the next hour, we're taking calls. This is the number. Call in, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I was actually on the show for a couple minutes, and I'll pull that for you now. Rob from Massachusetts, how the hell are you? What's going on with the Pats tonight? Hey, what's up, Greg? Uh, it's, it's Rob from uh, the Geek Generation. We chatted last year at Laugh Boston. Oh no, shit! Yeah, how you doing, man? How are you? Um, I want to tell you first off that I really enjoyed the Thomas Middleditch podcast that you did recently. That was fantastic. Did that go out already? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that did go out already. Yeah, I, I let me tell you something. I, I get so excited about certain guests coming. I get excited at anybody stupid enough to come on my show. But I love Silicon Valley so much. And then um, he he came on the show and was like, not only was I excited because he's the guy from the show, he was like the most warm, unassuming, fun guy. I loved it. Yeah, you guys vibed really well. Yeah, I feel like we're friends now. Well, that actually brings me to my question, because I was wondering, you have a really good show with that, with a guest that you're very excited about, and you like the project that they're on. Is there ever a conversation afterwards about, like, you doing a bit part on the show? Never. Or anything else with never. them? Never. I have never gotten, I have never gotten a single career advantage out of doing this podcast. I do it for the no love way. of the sport. I can't tell you. I've had so many people on this show that are in a position to have helped me. And yeah. uh, none have, and and that's not why I bring them on. Uh, but you know the 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 thing. Maybe people see me as a podcaster and not as an actor. I don't know, but uh, you know it's nice. I get to connect with my fans. They come out to the show because they hear me on it. I enjoy doing it. But nope, nothing. Wow, wow, that's shocking. Shocking, I know. <laughs> well, that's the only question I had. So uh, right. thanks for taking the call. Well, thanks, brother. We'll see All you. Right. Yeah, I've got a couple. Of, I've got the whole cast of Silicon Valley coming on the show. I've got um, T.J. Miller is booked to come back. Uh, Kumal Nunjani I had on once. He's supposed to come back. And then also, uh, what's the other guys? There's another guy. Um, Mark Star. Yes. He is coming on the show. Uh, he's booked for, I think, in a week or maybe two weeks. So, yeah, uh, all great. Yeah. All right. Solid. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thank you. Okay. 
I don't know if he didn't realize whether or My not I was still there. My favorite part of that was that you were still there. Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, all of a sudden, you're just like, and I'm hosting the show with you. Right, right. I was I was shocked because I, I thought, well, they have a good system in place. My Skype volume was up a little bit too high. So, unfortunately, even though I'm talking into like a almost $100 microphone, I was like <laughs> sounding worse than a lot of the people using their cell phones. Uh-huh. But um, when, when you call in, he had someone kind of screening calls. And then when you were on hold... You could hear the podcast mm. as it was going, which is something I wish we could set up or figure out how to do because I, I love to take calls too, as if we have an audience or something. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, it definitely seemed like I was off, but then I, I still heard it. Like it didn't switch back to the other yeah. sound of like the podcast. So I was like, I'm just going to talk again. I have the answer he's looking for. <laughs> Why not? Like, but, the, uh, like I guess cool. like there's a lot of times when I'm like listening to a podcast and they're like, what's the name of that guy? Yeah. And I'm in the car. I'm like, it's blah blah blah, you fucking idiot! <laughs> like I love your show, but you're being dumb right now. Yeah, like yeah. it'd be hilarious if you if you was like if you were still on the phone, you're like Martin Starr, idiot. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, right. That'd be great. That would be funny. Uh, but yeah, I actually had the opportunity to talk back to a podcast. One. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just yelling in my car. But he said he's going to be doing more of those. So that's kind of cool. And I will probably become a regular annoyer of his. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so let's now go into freakouts. Oh, freakout. Bobby. I got nothing. Okay. Nothing. Uh, well, actually I do. Cause, uh, <laughs> well, I, we were, we were, I feel bad because I've let you down yet again as far as Comic Con. Oh. I just yeah. feel bad. It's a Son shitty a situation bitch. with owning a business. Right, so right. I have an employee whose father, unfortunately, has suffered his eighth stroke. Good Lord. Who was going to work the hours that I was going to be gone for, who yeah. now has to leave and go to Florida. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, oh. so I sat there for days going, how do I explain this to Rob? How do I fix the Rubik's Cube? Yeah, how do I fix <laughs> this? And ultimately, the situation was I can't fix it. Right, right. right. I literally would have gaps of hours where there's just nobody to work. I'm right. Like, I can't. Just not be there. So yeah, I just feel bad. Did you find somebody to fill my spot, or not is it yet. just the three of you? I think it's just the three of us. Uh, at least Anna gets her own bed. <laughs> <laughs> you and Mikey can sleep in the same bed. <laughs> Younger buddy. Yeah. Paul, cool. Um, I got two. Okay. Uh, one is that's how the whole mood just drops when we get the like freakouts. We're just like, <laughs> I have one. Well, I have two. Rob's like, I have three. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Oh, there it is. <laughs> no, but I got uh, some bad news for you. I've got <laughs> some bad news. I miss him. The cream does not rise to the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the first one is uh, last night, in addition to missing your show, uh, I was unable to go to a second show that was actually in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, but MIT was having their Fall Fest. Yes. And uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Thomas Middleditch were both performing at the they were? Auditorium. Yeah. What the hell cute. was I doing performing? I, I saw the tweet, the tweet like maybe like 4.30 in the afternoon or something. Good Kumail God. was like, if you're an MIT student, you know, you can come and see me. And I was like, fuck that if i'm an mit yeah student, i'm gonna I'm, figure it out i'm gonna go and see you <laughs> like you know like and i was really i was amped i was kind of like ah oh, i gotta find a babysitter like last minute because yeah the, the reason why i couldn't go to uh, to rob's show was because my babysitter <laughs> was sick and so like i was trying to like scramble to find one and i couldn't find one so i was fucked but um so backup babysitter i need like three backups because they're all like you know like my it's time for a nanny they're like built in (laughs) always there i I would love a nanny they're so fucking expensive yeah um so like the the tickets were 10 bucks 20 bucks for 
10 bucks for MIT students, 20 bucks for co- our regular college students. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, so I just need a college student. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, like, like I've been in college. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they know, would was, deny you entrance. Yeah. You couldn't buy a ticket. Or if you just like, I'll give you $30. You could go, but you needed one college ID per four tickets. Oh. So like you needed like. You I know, still have my UMass ID. I could have gone. I still have my Brandeis ID, but the, I mean, like, I, I don't know if how that would work. Like I was, we, we, I remember we were calling like uh, one of my wife's coworkers who has, you know, two kids in college mm-hmm. and they're both, you know, local ones at Bentley and another one's at, uh, bam. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> in. Yeah. You could have gone, you know, like, and I was like, maybe we can get them to get us tickets and we can all go together and then I'll buy them beer afterwards. Like, or I was going to yeah, say, right. like, hey, God, you guys, can, if I give you money, can you go in and get me beer? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, can you go get me a ticket? for a comedy show (laughs) yeah so that's where life is yeah Yeah. it's funny the simple things and so like you know it was it was huge because it's like these national acts that are performing Mm -hmm. at mit but you couldn't go unless you were in college Mm -hmm. it's like ah god and then like the and then i was like oh yeah i also have a kid (laughs) (laughs) sorry have you seen camille before yeah i saw him in providence actually at uh what was that comedies the the comedy connection yeah yeah yeah. last year yeah we went to that we were there (laughs) Wait, was it last year, 2013? No, it was. It was. It was like last year. No, it was. It was 2012 because it was before my son was born. Was it when he was? Hey, out of cold, and he kept pointing to the back wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pointing at the window. We were at that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was there. We were like right in front of the stage. Yeah. Really? I was like not that far back from the stage. (laughs) We were there. Like I was maybe in the middle of the room. Yeah, it was the two of us and Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I went to that show and I seen like I. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I saw beta male and everything. And so, like, you know, just the opportunity to see somebody like that, especially when they come out to the East Coast, Mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of the L.A. based comics aren't necessarily out here a lot. So, like, if they're anywhere nearby, you're like, I'm going, you know? Yeah. Mm. So that was kind of one freak out. Um, The second freak out is all these fucking viruses. What the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, for me personally. The CDC needs to get up and. Yeah. There's like all this this crap out Ebola and. So, like, for me, the the more pertinent one is the enterovirus or mm-hmm. whatever. It's that kind of, like, weird cold virus that they're saying came from South America or whatever. And kids are getting it. Yeah, and, like, you know, the kids are getting, like, polio symptoms or mm-hmm. something. And then, like, the one kid in, in Providence actually passed away. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's like a respiratory disease. And so, like, they have a lot of trouble breathing. And, like, you know, with a young child, like, it's difficult for me to, like, concentrate on doing other things when I'm thinking, like, what if he gets this virus or whatever. Right. And like our daycare provider is for, we're fortunate to have a good daycare provider who's like, listen, if your kid is sick, don't bring him anywhere near this house because, you know, we don't want everybody else getting sick. Mm -hmm. So she's very good at that. I mean, she notifies the parents and everything, but you know, like people sneak their kids in all the time because they got to go to work. You know, like what if snot nosed kid gets his paws on all the stuff and Mm -hmm. you you bring it home and. So, Petri dishes. You know, I mean, yeah, basically is what it is. Like, and I, I get that same sort of like paranoia at the gym mm-hmm. too. Cause like, especially like, like people touching stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, like my work, like the There's germs biggest, all over you all the time though. Yeah. But it's so gross. Like, for example, I go to Planet Fitness and Walmart. Well, there's your problem. Yeah. Because I don't have Congratulations, any other, you don't go to a gym. Too, yeah. I don't have any other options. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, you really don't? Yeah. Like, I think Waverly Oaks is like the oh. only other one, but like they're like, they're for like your golden years, quote unquote. P ninety X three. Like I don't like it's like I, I'd it's been like my to go salvation. There. Second location. <laughs> yeah, Volby. Open one in somewhere between yeah. here and Waltham, and I'll go. But you know, like the 
just just like touching all the dumbbells and stuff and you're like yeah like you just wash your hands afterwards and you're like i'm gonna go home and bleach my whole body right right yeah and then the holy bola thing is just so blown up right now like they blow up everything yeah bird what was it the the bird flu virus there was the swine flu then there was the avian flu yeah Yeah. it was and there's like there's like the there's the one side of it where it's all blown up and Mm -hmm. uh, blown out of proportion so like people are just paranoid all the time right but then there's the other side of it too like i read this article it was either on mashable or on one of the websites that is in my newsfeed where um you know the way that they screen for ebola in in the the afflicted countries is they do like a you know a temperature test see if you have a fever because that's the first indication of your infection and like you can beat the test by just taking some ibuprofen. Oh Jesus! Like you just take some Tylenol or Advil, and you can get on a plane, and you're fully infectious. And you know a lot of those flights from Africa, they bounce in these different destinations. Like that guy in Dallas, like he mm-hmm. flew from like uh, Liberia to Brussels to like London, mm-hmm. and then like they don't screen you at every country. Right, right. And so like on one hand, it's like yes, the media is blowing it out of proportion, but on the other hand, it's like. Oh, it's like there is that possibility that people, sure. you know, and like there's just, a possibility you get a you get hit by a bus. Yeah, like you yeah. know, there's there's I you know. can't live in fear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I it's, just, fear. it's that time of year too for yeah disease. And everybody gets illness sick, and yeah. seasons are changing. Just stay off an airplane. Yeah, and that's, don't go to Africa. Don't you know? <laughs> and that's got me worried because like my mom is coming to visit my son like uh, at the end of the month, and I'm like. I love your mom, but can you just stay at home? Down? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, don't come anywhere near me. Where's she flying from? She's she. We're from. I'm originally from Hawaii, so she's coming from there. Cool. So, and they had a scare there too, like, uh, and nobody knew how it would happen because, like, stay in the quarantine tent for now. Yeah, <laughs> you can come visit later. Let this all blow over first. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my other one. That's it. Okay. Uh, I have two ones super quick. Uh, there's, uh, I'm, I'm in the same camp as you, Volby, now with my iPod because I got the little, uh, assistive button oh, on the side. To, yeah. Cause my home button is just getting all wonky. Mm-hmm. And when I press it, sometimes it does nothing. Sometimes it'll think I double pressed it. Yeah. Sometimes it'll work. It's kind of a crapshoot every time. Mm-hmm. So I've resorted to doing that. So now with both of my devices, my iPhone is actually more accurate than my ipod is now too so what the fuck with that but um that's just a minor annoyance especially considering i didn't get ebola from touching the home buttons <laughs> <laughs> um the other kind of major bummer even though i guess it doesn't affect us too much anymore but uh for the first time in 50 plus years this past saturday morning there was no animation on any broadcast television meaning no saturday morning cartoons really mm-hmm. oh was that what they were talking about like the death of saturday morning cartoons yep. yeah. for the first time in 50 over You're 50 right. years i didn't have to change the channel in the gym yeah that makes sense yeah. this Normally saturday I have to go morning change the channel because they're like hey cartoons are on I'd be it's like, the, leave them on. That's motivation. Like on. Yeah. <laughs> when Dragon Ball Z comes on, I'm going, <laughs> Wow. So what's uh, replaced all this stuff? So NBC ditched cartoons in 1992. Mm-hmm. CBS followed not long after that. ABC got rid of them in 2004. Fox cut them in 2011. And the CW was the final holdout with a block consisting of Cubix, Sonic X, Dragon Ball Z and Kai, Digimon Fusion, and Yu-Gi-Oh! But now that has all been replaced by One Magnificent Morning, a block of live-action educational programming. Does uh, Cartoon Network still play cartoons? Those go, but they're those are cable channels. Oh, we're talking, talking about? purely network. There's no more. Sorry, throw morning YouTube cartoons. on and throw uh, throw old like 
Mickey Mouse or old uh, yeah. Bugs Bunny. Well, yeah, I mean, you still on, have you know? those I mean, cable options. I mean, if if we're looking at the death of what actually caused them, it's cable for one kind of mm-hmm. is taking over the reins of that stuff. Uh, streaming people yeah. that have Netflix. Mm-hmm. Usually when I go over to like when I watch uh, my niece and nephew or something, and yeah. I go over in the morning. They usually watch a cartoon while they have breakfast and they're watching it on Netflix. They're not watching it. Like, on What TV. are they watching on Netflix? Garfield. Oh, really? Yeah. There's Newer like a, stuff or older yeah, stuff? There's like a CG, completely yeah. CGI animated Garfield yeah. TV show, hmm. uh, which is not that great. I'd I, love to see them but, pick up the whole like yeah. Bugs Bunny catalog yeah. to, to put on. Uh, and then in addition to all that, the FCC is more strictly enforcing its rule requiring broadcast networks to provide a minimum of three hours of educational programming every week. So <laughs> instead of affecting their primetime schedule, which is their big money maker, they've decided to scrap it from the Saturday yeah. mornings because they're losing money there anyway because kids are watching it in alternative methods. Yeah. Why would they even get out of bed and go in from the TV anymore yeah. when they can just take their iPad in their bed and watch their right. cartoon right there? Right. True. Yeah, and the educational stuff is, I mean, it's awful. Fucking terrible. Is it? Like, what is it? It's educational stuff for, uh, it's like, this is the number one. Here's the color blue. This right. is the letter C. Right. And you're like, uh, uh like, like I uh, taught my kid that. Yeah. Like, he's 18 months. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can handle books. this as a parent. I can handle this. I have books for this. Like, yeah. I don't need cartoons for this. Right. But I mean, PBS still does their morning routines. So, I mean, you still see like the public network or public broadcast yeah. sponsor yeah. stuff. But like, yeah, there's definitely not. There was definitely nothing on on Saturday morning for uh, animation, as, at least. True. And I think it, there's a lot of. There, I think there are some problems too with like. Uh, this kind of speaks to like. I don't want to say like. I mean, it's like I don't want to offend anybody, but to the pussification of America. Yeah. Like you know, like when we Who were are growing, you offending. Like it's when, true. Well, you know, when we were growing up, like Tom and Jerry and like Bugs Bunny. You know, all you know the the whole Warner Brothers catalog, mm-hmm. the super violent, super racist cartoons that right. we all miss because they, they were near and dear to our hearts. Right. <laughs> and like we watched it, and we you know, and those we, cartoons have helped me have less tolerance of people of other skin color. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> and they say they're not educational. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> And so now, like, they have all this, like, mentality that they don't want to show that to kids nowadays because yeah. they don't want to expose them to it and, let, you know, give them the idea that this is okay. But mm-hmm. it's like, I think you're reading a little bit too much into it. Absolutely. Like, you know, the, the kid is, the, the, the three-year-old sitting in front of the TV isn't going to look into Tom and Jerry and think, wow, that's really racist against black people. Like, they're going to look at it and be like, wow, that cat is an, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, an incompetent asshole. Yeah, like, that was you know? it. Like, you know, it's nothing, like, it's the, the idea, like, I understand it. Like, I get why people say it. Yep. But I think they might be reading a little bit too much into it. Like, your three-year-old is not going to grow up and five years later be like, you know, I'm a racist bitch. Yeah. Like, they're gonna they're gonna watch that cartoon and maybe question it later. I mean, we all watched Tom and Jerry, and Volpe's yeah. the only one here that has any racist tendencies. <laughs> so, yeah. pretty much. So, so what, I think what, we did okay. Yeah, it's like two one out of, out of ten. Three, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like it. It's I don't know. It's I think I'm really not racist. I know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, really. <laughs> Really, I have black friends. <laughs> really, come to Westerly Fitness. Yeah, so. <laughs> I just know you better than him, so oh, you're the punching bag that's right fine. now. That's fine. Uh, that's my only other freak out, though. So we're not going to take a break because we're well into the show at this point. But I do want to remind everyone out there, if you would like to help us out in any way, you can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. If you go to our Patreon page, you can get there by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support when you do. If you would like to donate, uh, you put in your credit card, add an amount, it'll donate that automatically every month. 
which is very appreciated by us. Uh, we're asking for only a dollar a month. If you feel we deserve more, you're welcome to give more. And we love that as well. Again, that's the geekgeneration.com slash support. We did lose a, a couple supporters on there because their credit cards were getting denied. So they must have signed up for it with an invalid credit card. So I was being no, no, no. I'm dealing with a huge problem. It's oh like yeah. That. Um, if you shopped at Home Depot yeah. between oh, January and like right. May, every time I run credit cards, it the li- I'm like every time I run it every week. Yep. There's five to six hundred dollars worth of membership declined. Yeah. Oh. And it's turning out to be that. So. So if you are one of our uh, generous patrons, you might yeah. not even realize that you're no longer donating. They got to a us, new card, but because you got yeah. a new card. Yeah. We would appreciate the refresh because <laughs> that Sucks. was like half our amount right oh, there, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. Um, we surprisingly, we don't have these too much anymore, but we have mm-hmm. some stuff in the listener mailbag. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, my God. You've got mail. You bastard. We have an email coming in from Matt West, uh, who is talking about something that happened with Anna on last week's show. She got in depth about some troubles that her cat was going through Matt and West? was and was fighting off tears. Well, this is Anna. No, I know, but Matt West is the writer. No, I know. I was just surprised. That's Matt. Oh, okay. Just commenting on a cat. Oh, yeah. That threw me off. That's okay. a tough guy. Well, yeah, but he's a, he has a soft side. I just guess like he does. A lot of us do. <laughs> Uh, Matt writes in saying, I'm sorry, my memories of Matt is him chopping me in the chest and then making me do flip bumps off the top rope over and over and yeah. over. So, <laughs> thanks, Matt. thanks, Matt. You toughened me up. Matt writes in saying, I heard Anna's cat situation. I got my cat in 1997 as a quote unquote free cat. It has had bladder stone issues necessitating a prescription diet to treat the chronic condition. Mm. We came back from a 14 day vacation in Florida in 2010 and could tell the night we arrived home that the cat was having blockage issues. We went to the overnight emergency clinic. They gave us a similar choice to Anna's, either surgically remove the stones, which they reported made his bladder look more like a snow globe, or put him down. The surgery was going to cost like $1,500. We had just inherited some money stemming from the passing of my father-in-law and made the choice to get the surgery. Four years later, and the cat is still happy, healthy, and the friendliest cat I've ever been around. In the 17 years we've had this cat... He's cost us well over $2,500 between surgeries, special diets, etc. The things we do for our pets, I totally don't regret making that decision, though. So just some uh, encouragement for Anna. I know that her cat is doing better, uh, as far as I know. So that is uh, a quick little update for any audience members that might have been concerned with the kitty. We are going to do some quick news stories, and some of these aren't so quick. This is going to be a long show today, I think, Mm. just because... I had uh, put this one off from last week, so I don't want to put it off anymore, even though it might take some time. We previously reported that a Supergirl series was in development from DC Entertainment, and now Deadline is reporting that CBS has given the show a series commitment. The show is said to focus on Superman's 24-year-old cousin, Kara Zor-El, beginning to use her superpowers, which she has kept hidden for much of her life on Earth. The steal not only mirrors Fox's Gotham commitment from last season, but also means that DC Entertainment now has comic-based shows on every major network, mm. not including the DC Marvel-owned ABC, which makes sense mm-hmm. that they wouldn't show up on their competition yes. yeah. network. Not like, you know, the Xbox getting a Blu-ray player or anything. Mm. It's like after <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Green Lantern Corps, what? <laughs> One government thing to another. Um, so... With that in mind, knowing that we're getting a Supergirl TV series, I thought, let's do some speculation or at least some opinion giving as to who should play Supergirl. So I came up with a quick top five. I have posted this article on the Geek Generation already, so you might be familiar with these. If not, 
I will link to the article in the show notes so that you can see. Uh, but here are five people who could play, in my opinion, Supergirl, keeping in mind that I tried to keep it more focused on TV actors over movie actors predominantly. They could be doing both, but they have a bigger presence on TV. Uh, I tried to keep in mind the 24-year-old age range. Mm -hmm. So some are a little older. So I don't think any are younger, actually. I think they're all either 24 or slightly older because you generally play younger Mm -hmm. on TV anyway. Um, And these are the five that I came up with. Number one, Emily Van Camp. You might know her from Everwood. Uh, she was also Agent 13 in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, she was on that show Revenge on ABC. Yeah, yeah. That's her big thing right now. I think she's a possible contender. I think she's actually one of the older ones out of the full list as well. Yeah, I had a huge crush on her like, yeah. when she was on Everwood. I never watched it at all. Like, I, I remember watching Everwood because I was, you know, like that during that time period, like everything on that, on, on the WB or whatever the CW, CW yeah. whatever that network was, like UPN. It, yeah, <laughs> right. Like it kind of appealed to like, you know, the, the teen sensibility. Absolutely. And like, I thought she was super hot. Yeah. So I was like, ah. The CW is very good about casting attractive yeah. people. Very good about like, it. Like the rest of the show sucked balls. But <laughs> she was great. Like, uh, the next one has popped up on another list of mine. Ashley Benson, mm. best known for Pretty Little Liars. She also was recently in Spring Breakers uh, last oh, year, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as far as looks go, she's got the Supergirl thing down pat. Yeah, I think that fulfills kind of like the blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. Now, I didn't go blonde hair, blue eyes, and possibly every one of these because my next one is a brunette. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't think I've ever seen her blonde, but... Uh, you know, I love me some Lindsay Fonseca. Mm. Oh, yeah. And with some blonde hair, plus her action ability that she showed right. us in Nikita right. and kick ass, she could definitely pull off the little girl of steel. Even though I say little girl, even though it's 24, go figure. Um, the next one should be no surprise to anybody. I've seen her blonde in one movie, and that's the picture I decided to bring up. Uh, and that is Alexandra Daddario who uh, I believe, I don't know if you remember her, Volpe. She looks familiar. She normally has very dark hair. This is from Mm -hmm. the second Percy Jackson movie, where they actually made her blonde for it. Um, She was the one that did that amazing nude scene on True Detective as well. Oh, right. That we watched. Yeah, (laughs) You also might know her from The Parenthood. No, nude scene. No, okay. (laughs) But um, not only can she pull off the look, her acting ability. This is the girl where you were like, I remember this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think's under that jacket? Not much. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Watch this. (laughs) So um, her her acting ability is up there. She's she's a very good actress. And imagine seeing those chesticles in a Supergirl. I was just thinking the same (laughs) thing. Spandex. Uh, And lastly, this one's kind of a, I don't know if it's a no name necessarily. I haven't watched Shameless at all, Uh but I did see her on the Tomorrow People. And I think at least from a visual standpoint and age range and everything, she's probably the number one choice uh, that I think Mm. fits it easiest. She has like a softness about her too, a little bit of an innocence look. Uh, And that's Laura Wiggins from, again, you might know her from Shameless or the Tomorrow People. I watched the Tomorrow People and she played uh, this character named Irene, I believe, on that show. But that's not airing anymore either. But she'd be my top choice for TV Supergirl. Yeah. I mean, I could see most of them filling the role. I mean, like the problem is it's not really a huge problem with Supergirl because Supergirl isn't like a jacked up like Supergirl. Right, right. But like, you know, for example, like when Gal Gadot got cast as Wonder Woman, everybody had those concerns. Like, how is, you know, this tiny little girl going to play Wonder Woman because she's like stick thin and like, mm-hmm. i mean she's beautiful right but, like, right she's stick thin like that's not what the 
queen of the Amazons or whatever, you know, like, well, that's not what she looks like. Right. But then, like, when they, they released that promotional photo of her in the she armor, it looked good. Yeah. So I think it's, like, any one of them could play it. It's just a question of how they fill the role, not necessarily physically. But, right. You know, as And an Supergirl, since she is so young, doesn't need to have this, like, crazy ripped yeah. body or anything. And most of Supergirl's costume is very covering anyway. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, plus, she's a Kryptonian. She has super strength. It doesn't matter what she looks right, like. Right. She can just take a guy and whip him around anyway. It's right. not like it's the muscles that do it. Right. It's the fact that, if anything, she's going to get weaker on Earth. I don't know how Superman is just not like like this crazy overweight mm. guy because he doesn't need yeah. to use his strength ever. It's not like he's uh, overexerting himself on a regular basis. Right. This is nothing to him. <laughs> so yeah. why is he not a lot bigger? Yeah. Uh, so as far as some other news goes, we got plenty of stuff to cover. HBO has confirmed that Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn will star in the second season of True Detective. In the second season, three police officers and a career criminal must navigate a web of conspiracy in the aftermath of a murder. Farrell will play Ray Valcoro, a compromised detective whose allegiances are torn between his masters and a corrupt police department and the mobster who owns him. Vaughn is set to play Frank Semyon a career criminal in danger of losing his empire when his move into legitimate enterprise is upended by the murder of a business partner. And Variety is reporting that Rachel McAdams has also joined the cast in a leading role, playing one of the three previously mentioned police officers. The third officer is rumored to be played by Taylor Kitsch. They are getting some major yeah. players in this series. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the the first season of True Detective was like, they kind of set the tone, like, we're going to draw you in and you're going to be sucked into this universe. Mm -hmm. So get ready for the ride. And yeah. like, it's kind of weird though. When I heard that Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell being cast, like it didn't remind me of like the same sort of tone that the first season had mm -hmm. with, you know, with McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But. From what I've read, uh, people are saying that Rachel McAdams' character will be the breakout Woody Harrelson style. Oh, okay. Like the real front runner as far as like, holy shit, look at that. Right. And I mean, I think that show is really all about the writing. I mean, <laughs> with like McConaughey and his time as a flash. Yeah. Oh, I said Woody Harrelson. I'm sorry. I meant McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, I mean, I'm excited to see the show. I'm still only like three quarters of the way through the first season. Yeah. Just because it's like so dense. It's like hard to mm. like marathon watch. It. I haven't made it past the third episode because McConaughey's character is so goddamn depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Dallas Buyers Club? No. Oh, my God. That, that like I saw Dallas Buyers Club recently because it was on HBO or something. Mm -hmm. And like the the amount of weight that he lost for that role is just like really? sickening. Like it looks disgusting. Like, like Christian Bale, the machinist. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like he kind of embodies what an AIDS patient would look like okay. pre treatment, you know. And so like you see him and you're just like, oh, like God. And then like you know, as the movie progresses and he gets a little bit healthier, like you see that change and it's like, wow, like. I wonder how much of that is his physicality and the, the, uh, how much of that is his ability to act. Cause, mm -hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Three characters have been added to the roster of Lego Batman 3, two of which are quite a surprise. First, Green Arrow has officially been added to the roster. The bonus here is that Arrow's Stephen Amell will now be providing the voice for the Emerald Archer. Cool. So uh, the guy who plays Arrow on uh -huh. Arrow, he also provided the voice of Arrow in Injustice, if people remember that. So he's really embracing this character in all forms of media, which is nice to see. Uh, next, DC Entertainment Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns has been announced as a playable character. 
<laughs> that's weird <laughs> <laughs> i really like green lantern guys yeah <laughs> well i mean i like jeff johns too he was he did get name recognition i think from writing the uh was a green lantern rebirth uh-huh. so hence the super green lantern attire <laughs> Uh, and finally, to the excitement of fanboys and mall rats everywhere, former Batman and Green Arrow writer Kevin Smith will also be <laughs> oh playable God, in the game. It looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> the hair and everything. How great is that? That's awesome. With DC reaching into seemingly every alley to dig up characters for the 150-plus roster, fanboys must be eagerly chomping at the bit for the hopeful announcement of Arm Fall-Off Boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real DC character. <laughs> Not necessarily ending up in the game. I'm just saying wishful thinking, folks. <laughs> That's cool. Wait, so his suit, I like, I'm, his superpower is detaching limbs and like beating people with Yeah, them. that's exactly what his power is. That's insane. <laughs> and he keeps getting laughed at by the Legion and not accepted. That's like, that's like, okay, guys, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We yeah. really need another villain. Um, it's not like they even got creative, like uh, like Lizard, Regeneration Man. It's arm yeah. fall off, boy. <laughs> it's like 3 a.m. and they're like, all right, guys, last one. <laughs> what do we do now? Staying in Kevin Smith territory, uh, Kevin Smith has revealed that Clerks 3 has secured financing is now finally moving forward. Here's the announcement from one of Kevin's many podcasts, Hollywood Babylon. I'm back in movies now. I've got three lined up, and this is the fucking grand news. Tusk was the absolute bridge to Clerks 3. Because of Tusk, I got my financing for Clerks 3. So, congratulations. So, and honestly, that would not have happened. A year and a change ago, I was trying to fucking desperately get Clerks 3 made for the yeah. 20th anniversary. And that desperation, I must have reeked of it because I couldn't fucking find money and shit. But it was Tusk. It was people going, holy fuck. What else do you have? And I was like, Clerks 3. And they're like, done. So everybody that's like, he failed, he failed. I'm like, thank you. I failed into Clerks 3. You know, so <laughs> never trust anybody when they tell you how your story goes, man. Very excited for Clerks 3. Yeah. Very excited. And Tusk, I mean, from my from what I understand, Tusk was not like a critical darling either. Like it was people like people liked it, but it did not do well. Yeah, it was like hit or miss, right? Yeah. I mean, some people like I remember reading Twitter and people were like, Oh yeah, you know, like Tusk is amazing or yeah. Tusk is garbage. What is going on? <laughs> like it was not like in the middle. It it's certainly very, uh, a particular sensibility that you either either had or didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. But the premise of it was I mean, it's definitely fucked up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So are you familiar with the movie? I have no idea. So it's like Kevin Smith wrote this movie. It's like, what if we had a guy who kidnapped another guy and then turned him into a human walrus? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Like, literally, that's it. It's like human centipede. Yeah. Yeah. But like with walrus. Yep. (laughs) And like, that's all the movie is about. And it's this guy saying walruses are superior to humans and I'm going to turn you into one. Wow. And so that's that's it. And I mean, the movie came out, and I remember like he was uh, there was a Nerdist podcast episode where mm-hmm. he was uh, he was the guest, and he was talking about Tusk and how like it was going to lead to Clerks Three. But like, I mean, for a movie to be like either, so he pushed out a movie just to make enough money to build a film. Not necessarily. Do- Not they they kind of came up with the premise for Tusk based on a podcast that they did. Like you mm-hmm. can hear him write it, yeah, right on Hollywood Babylon as far as the the major premise and outline of the movie. But then. Smith was like, you know what? Mate, what if we actually did do this? Yeah. So he put out on Twitter. He's yeah. like, if you want me to make this movie, hashtag Walrus Yes. 
and he got tons of responses. And then one person was like, walrus, no. Yeah. And that person <laughs> even added in the caveat, I just wanted to make this seem like a democratic prophecy, <laughs> democratic yeah. process. I still want to see the movie. Yeah. So like it was more, it was less about the money that it made and more about like, how fucked up of a movie can we make? Like, and it still be watchable. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right, right. And then, and then have people re- like, you know, react to that and be like, let's make another movie. Yeah. And, and in this a- world of reboots and rebrandings yeah. and everything, let's do something just totally different. Which leads me to the sense, of, I mean, to the idea that it's like, eventually are we going to get to a point where like you just think of the most fucked up thing that you could possibly think of and then build a movie around it. And that's what the movies are going to, of the future are going to be like. And it's possible. Or we just keep rebooting and yeah. 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 Tusk (laughs) two. Tusk two. More tusk. (laughs) He'll put him out of his ass too. Go Uh, tusk deep. (laughs) Uh, I went there. Activision. Activision will publish a new game based on the TMNT brand. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Danger of the ooze. The game will take place in between seasons two and three of the current Nickelodeon show. Thank God. And use 3D artwork inspired by it. Set to launch later this year for Xbox 360, PS3, and 3DS, Danger of the Ooze is a side-scrolling action-adventure game that allows players to freely switch between the four turtles to use their unique skill sets at their convenience. The city of New York and alternate world Dimension X are non-linear, so the game encourages exploration and creative thinking from players. Cool. The game is being developed by WayForward, the studio behind Contra 4, the Shantae series, A Boy and His Blob, and the recent DuckTales Remastered. Woo! Nice. I love this whole thing, but if there's an underwater level to stop a dam from blowing up, I am fucking out. <laughs> uh, right? Get multiplayer? Can we play together? I don't know, actually. Uh, Good so. question. Good question. That's cool that they're bringing the side-scrolling back, because that's mm. kind of like what the original one was like, or yeah. the, at least the arcade game. Was and like, it is supposed to be non-linear, so it's side-scrolling in like time. both yeah. directions. You can actually go back and explore. That's cool. Yeah, very excited for that. So happy that they're going the cartoon route and not the movie route. So happy. And I like WayForward Studios. They made some good shit. Yeah. William Shatner recently mentioned that J.J. Abrams contacted him directly about potentially appearing in Star Trek Three. The actor says that he told Abrams it depends on what you do with the character, but I would be delighted. So I guess the Shat has his fingers crossed on one more love scene with a busty green skinned alien. <laughs> That'll be it. They just open a door and it's him in bed with a busty green alien. And he's like, hey. Shut the door. Hi. That'll be it. <laughs> Quick cameo. There seems to be an incoming trend of adapting movie pictures into television shows as four different series are currently being developed for the small screen. Wow. NBC is currently developing 1985's Real Genius, which originally starred Val Kilmer as a teen inventor. Adam Sandler's Happy Madison is producing the series, which is being set up as a workplace comedy following a contemporary version of Kilmer's Chris Knight. Do we care? No. <laughs> uh, like That's what I thought. Uh. <laughs> While a fourth big screen chapter in the franchise has been long rumored, Warner Brothers Television is reportedly developing a Rush Hour series with Bill Lawrence set to script alongside Cougar Town co-creator Blake McCormick. The pilot episode will retell the story behind the Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan starring 1998 film, again pairing a loudmouth LAPD officer with a more reserved representative of the Hong Kong police. Uh, first one I enjoyed. Second one was like, why? And third one didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like the, the movie's fine, but why make a TV? Like, there's already so many cop shows on TV. Because they need right. a buddy cop right. TV show. But, and the appeal of the Rush Hour movies were specifically Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Not 
the characters. Right. But they missed the boat on this one. Right, right. right. They missed the boat. I, uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Don't worry. It'll get canceled. <laughs> the 1990 Universal Pictures comedy Problem Child is heading to television. Oh. Deadline reports that the writer of Old School, Scott Armstrong, is developing a comedy series based on the franchise. The story of a mischievous youth who torments his parents spawned two sequels, Problem Child 2 and Problem Child 3, Junior in Love. Whoa, wait. There's a third one? I guess so. Yeah. There was a third one? Yeah. I guess. As <laughs> well. Holy shit. Now I have to go find that. <laughs> I like the first two. Yeah, as well as an animated series that ran for 26 episodes in the early 1990s. I do remember the animated series. Yeah. I, I, th- <laughs> out of all of these so far, Problem Child, I think, makes the most sense. Yeah. Because that's conceptual more you than... You can get into a new problem every week. Right. I don't even know who the kid was that played Problem Child. Or, you know, the, right, the kid, right. like the main character. He's probably in rehab. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the concept of it makes sense. It's just, uh, like... I love those movies though. They were great. Like, yeah. They were funny. Like remember in the like one I forgot which Gilbert one Gottfried better be back. Yes. <laughs> there was one of the movies where he like turned the carnival ride up to nine. Yes. And, like everybody just started throwing, throwing up. up. Yeah. That was like my favorite. <laughs> like I remember watching that. I was like, Daddy, I want to do that. And my dad was like, That's illegal. How many kids do you think threw up in the movie theater during that scene uh, too? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure it was awful. 20th Century Fox Television is putting a quarter into huh, a zone. My favorite one, sorry, was when he <laughs> takes the video camera and videotapes the babysitter having sex and blows it up on the wall on the <laughs> yeah, side yeah, of the house yeah. for the whole town to see. Yeah. Sorry, that's my favorite. Uh, really. All right, go ahead. 20th Century Fox <laughs> Television is putting a quarter into a Zoltar machine and making a wish as oh. the studio is looking to adapt Penny Marshall's 1988 comedy Big into an event series. Originally starring Tom Hanks as a boy in a man's body, the new series will explore what it means to be an adult and what it means to be a kid, and how in today's world those two things are more confused than ever. That's actually an interesting thing mm. conceptually. I don't think it needs to be tied to big whatsoever. I think the the concept alone of exploring mm. yeah. childhood versus adult, because we're all kind of man-children these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I would love to see like a racist teenager put into an adult's body <laughs> just to see what happens. Right. And how many people beat the shit out of him? Yeah. Like, I couldn't when you were a kid, but now I will whip you, boy. <laughs> Take any one of the millions of racist teenagers on like Xbox Live and just put them into an adult's body <laughs> and see what happens. Threshold Entertainment is developing a movie on the most unlikely of franchises. Tetris. Hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I was going to do this in a fake news thing, and it was just too, uh, too fucking stupid. According to the company's CEO, it's a very big, epic sci-fi movie. This isn't a movie with a bunch of lines running around the page. We're not giving feet to the geometric shapes. He continued on to say, these are serious comments he's making. He continued on to say, brands are the new stars of Hollywood. We have a story behind Tetris, which makes it a much more imaginative thing. What you will see in Tetris is the teeny tip of an iceberg that has intergalactic significance. Intergalactic? Look, I don't know what the fuck that means, but if brands are the new stars of Hollywood, the only way I'm seeing this movie is if it falls into one of two categories. A, it's a movie about a giant avalanche of Tetris blocks crushing the Kardashians. (laughs) Or B, one word, Tetris NATO. (laughs) (laughs) The (laughs) TPs! Oh my god, a line! (laughs) They're rare, but they cause so much havoc. So much havoc. I can't believe they're even doing this. It's just stupid. Like, how do they build a movie around the Tetris game? Battleship was hard enough, but at least you had, like, vehicles and things. Yeah. Like, Mm. there's, like, in a Tetris game, it's like, like, you, you think about what goes into tetris right right it's a puzzle right 
So like, I mean, do you I mean, like how like do you inflate a story oh, around the puzzle? Maybe the puzzle itself unlocks mysteries to the universe. I don't think it has shit to do with anything. I think no. the CEO, yeah. what he's saying, Hollywood's like brands of the new Hollywood stars. Right. People recognize Tetris. Let's make a movie and call it Tetris. People will pay. And Doesn't see matter. It. I guess <laughs> that's I mean, it. Like the soundtrack is going to be pretty boring. <laughs> It'll just be that Russian song over and over. Again. What, if, what, if, what if the song started really slow in the beginning and then just got really fast? Like at the end, everybody just has a panic attack. Like, <gasps> the final action scene, the music speeds up so much. They're actually like in a they're, they're like in a glass container and the water's filling up to the top, so they're all getting there. <laughs> and everybody just has a heart attack. <laughs> Game over. Final news story. Paramount Pictures is finally moving ahead with their long gestating big screen version of Baywatch. Oh. And the studio has set none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson (laughs) as the lead. In addition to the casting news, the writing team of San, uh, Sean Anders, San Anders, <laughs> Sean Anders and John Morris have been brought in to rewrite the screenplay. The duo previously worked on the script for Where the Millers. The Rock confirmed the news via Instagram saying, this is my beach, bitch. Rumors are true. We're making Baywatch the movie. <laughs> Edgy, raunchy, and hopefully funny as all hell. No word yet as to how many slow motion running scenes Big Johnson will get in the film. Big Johnson. <laughs> Like unintended, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, me too. I'll watch it because it's, yeah, it's. But I'm not watching rock. it for the rock. I'm watching it for the yeah. girls. It's Who's clearly going to be a super tongue in cheek comedy. Yeah, but like, how are they? Like, I mean, is Hasselhoff going to be in it? He has to. I hope so. He has to. If we're going to watch it for the ladies, I hope they make it R because otherwise, if it's just PG thirteen, right? Come on, <laughs> that's not what we're here for, guys. I know. I know. Let's get back to the uh, the 80s R rated. Like, let's do anything type of movie. Yeah. That's what it should be. That is the end of our news, though, and the end of our uh, rather long episode this week. But before we go, a couple quick upcoming dates to remind you of October 10th through the 12th. Myself, Mikey and Anna will be at New York Comic Con. One of those days I will most likely be Batman. So keep a lookout for me and us. And November 1st and the 2nd. Mm -hmm. The entire staff will be at Rhode Island Comic Con. Right. We will be in a booth. I don't know where yet. Hopefully on the show floor. Uh, hoping to talk to some fans and especially cosplayers. So come find us and hopefully be on the show with us. We love doing that. As we leave this week, final thought or something you'd like to plug, Mr. Volpe. Rob makes websites and does videos. <laughs> you can see what he does by going to WesleyFitness.com. Yay. Yay. And search for Wesley Fitness on YouTube. And watch the video. Watch the video. Yeah. I don't really have. I don't know. Okay. I got rid of Twitter and shit. <laughs> Are you on an Instagram anymore? Mm, I am, but <laughs> doesn't use it so much. It's kind of getting old. To be honest, uh, the whole thing, the whole being connected to people thing, uh, is getting old. Yeah, uh, that's because yeah. you have people in your life. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's a necessity. You have real friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I can look at girls' butt on screen, or I could look up at treadmill. With girl running with Bob. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, put the phone down. I'm connected. See, you're in a unique situation, yeah, Bob, because you can do that and not get so called out by very HR. Unique. I am HR. Oh, That's right. the thing. I mean, okay, you know that you get in trouble for that. Oh, I am HR. Who and then those same girls come on over and say, "Take my body fat percentage, please." <laughs> I'm gonna need you to get down to your sports bra and underwear. <laughs> and that's not even just for the sake of that's yeah. because that's the way it works. Yes. Uh, Paul, final thought or something you want to plug? Paul's uh, thinking he's going to be representing me in court very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's like, what do you got in that bank account? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to empty it. Well, I don't have anything to plug, but 
um, as a fan, you know, of the show, thank you for having me on. And we love having you on. And thank you for doing everything that you do. I think, you know, on behalf of the fans, I think we're all grateful that you're able to both of you. (laughs) All three of us guys. No, literally all the people. I mean, I think we're all grateful that, you know, you put together this show and that you do such quality work and uh, you make Mondays more bearable. So, that's that's the whole point. And we're grateful. And, I, and on behalf of the fans, I hope it's okay that I speak for them. But thank you. Thank you. All right. Oh, it's the Amazon thing. Go to Amazon. Buy yeah. stuff for the Geek Generation. GeekGeneration.com slash Amazon. Absolutely. Uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at Facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. And just a reminder to all those fans out there that would like to uh, maybe one day get on the show themselves, being a contributor is a very good way <laughs> to do that. Because Paulo, being one of our uh, best submitters to the Smash Up, helped him get on the show. Guys, you can be one too. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll be weird listening in the future now that you know where we record. You can actually like visualize the whole setup you probably had a whole different thing in your brain it's like how did they fit all those girls in that room <laughs> yeah yeah well you put them in the cage after yeah, that's and right they're still <laughs> locked totally up done. We, we couldn't let them out with you here we'd lose them to you i see <laughs> <Yeah>. that manliness <laughs> all right we it's gotta get the, out of here it's the stash, the stash. <laughs> before we hit two hours let's get the fuck right, out of here really? all right. yeah we'll see you guys next week see you later, later. Make it so.